Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Hey, welcome back. We're talking about dreams and I want to draw your attention to Genesis 37, 9 to 11. The Bible says, and he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, behold, I have a dream more. Behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me. He told his father and to his brethren and his father rebuked him and said unto him, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. I want you to note something, that his brother had one response and his father had yet another response. It said that his father observed the saying. So to observe come from this Hebrew word shamar. It means to keep or to guard it means to watch, um, it means to wait in anticipation of something coming to pass. It means to treasure or hold it as a treasure in your mind. It means to protect. So in as much as his father wasn't too pleased that he was gonna be the one that would bow down to him, but yet he became a destiny protector and a destiny helper. This is what it means that he observed. He took, took note of it, he was aware of it, and he began to protect um, his son. His father became the dream protector and a dream defender. And in this, in, in this season of your life, I'm decreeing that as God gives you dreams, God is also gonna give you dream protectors and dream defenders. There are several different things that I want to talk to you today about dreams. Number one, a dream prepares you for a successful future that is much grander, bigger than anything you are able to imagine. 
And so I keep saying and repeating over and over that in my dreams, I see a world filled with visionaries, dreamers, and innovators who push humanity forward and who inspires others to do the same. And that's my dream. And so Joseph dreamed of a future that was so different from the one that he was living in. And it he saw two major economic shifts and God showed him how he was going to capitalize on both of them. This required a certain level of maturity and capacity which could not be provided in the environment or the, econ or the economic climate he was currently living in. So in the sovereignty of God, where we ended up with our last teaching, we see the hand of God sovereignly moving, but protecting him um, in the equation of his life. And he has these series of life experiences, along with the life lessons that he would learn that would eventually cause this meteoric rise to the top. So his brothers, on one hand, could have experienced a similar kind of rise, but they rejected the dream based on their perception of the dreamer. And you know, I think, I keep thinking about Stephen Jobs and how many people uh, obviously rejected him. In fact, in uh, one season of his life, his board of directors fired him from Apple. Uh, because they thought that he was way out there and he was going to be the one that would be the depth of Apple and, and he lived in this alternative um, reality and he lacked people skills. Um, and a lot of us get set up by the enemy when we look at people's personality, people's personality that we're assigned to. And I often tell the story of my spiritual father. And he was a very strong man. He was choleric personality. At that particular time, I was more of a sanguine personality. I'm more choleric than I am sanguine now. If you looked at sanguine and choleric, I probably was like a 50-50 ratio, 50% choleric, 50% sanguine, or maybe 60-40. But he was definitely like maybe 90% choleric and he was a strong man but because I did not grow up with uh, a father in my house his personality was perfect to develop the leader that was on the inside of me while, while other people were upset with his personality and many individuals actually uh, ended up um, I think aborting their purpose and aborting their destiny you know, I was able to stay and I was able to be developed by this great visionary. He was a man ahead of his time. And his frustration was because there was no collective capacity within the leadership that was called. I'm not saying that there was not gifted. There were very, very gifted and intelligent people, but the collective capacity could not support the vision of this man. He was a man way ahead of his time, way ahead. And um, I recognize uh, the, the, the great opportunity that I had, and I, I was pretty tough as well. Um, I was not a crybaby. Uh, I saw many people cry under his leadership, and I couldn't understand. I felt like, you know, uh, I, I used certain words to describe certain other people. But I thank God for him today. And a lot of people get caught up in the personality um, traits of the person that is called to develop their gifts and talents. I'm not talking about 
institutionalized abuse here because there are abusive situations where you should leave. So I'm not talking about institutionalized abuse. What I'm saying is this, that many people that are assigned to develop our capacity and our maturity, maybe people whose personality is different from ours and we should not judge it. And you look at Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was cleric, 100% cleric. And here you have Elisha, and he's like 100% sanguine. Everybody loves him. Nobody liked uh, um, Elijah. But Elijah was the only person that had the mental and anointing and the fearlessness um, and, and the confidence as a leader uh, to develop Elijah, the next great uh, prophetic voice that Israel would experience. And a lot of times we abort what God is doing in our lives, maybe because our supervisor has a certain type of personality or our boss has a certain type of personality. And we get into this belly aching, oh, they don't like me. But you're not hired to be liked by anybody. You're hired to do a job. And could God have placed you there just to develop you so that you could rise and not only be number one in the industry, but to dominate on a global stage. And I've decided now that even as I began to speak to and train the next generation of leaders, and these are industry-specific leaders, I'm called to leaders, not just church leaders, but to doctors and lawyers and businessmen and businesswomen and to government officials. In the days to come, how you progress and succeed and thrive will be based on how you relate to those that God has placed in your life to develop maturity and capacity. And then secondly, then, how you also relate to dreamers. And a lot of times dreamers are individuals that are so passionate about what they do, they're, they're not in a Mr. and Mrs. Congeniality competition. They don't have a need to be liked because from God, God has built their internal um, building block of esteem and, 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 and image and identity. And they're not relying on someone else to determine who they are and what they're called to do. And these individuals um, are non-compliant. They're non-compliant to foolishness. And they're non-compliant to uh, the traditions of man. They're non-compliant to religion. And they're non-compliant to the status quo. They don't care. What they do care about is the fulfillment of a dream and a vision and an assignment, their purpose that is God-given. And they care, care strongly enough that they would leave mother and father and sister and brother in order to fulfill that dream. And so whenever you uh, are assigned to support a dreamer, they're there uh, so that you are not just going on along for the ride, but you're, you're, going to be, you're going to succeed when they succeed, and you're going to progress when they progress, and you never have to worry about what's in it for you. Um, I've built many, many people's um, infrastructure for ministry, and I've supported many, many, many people in their dreams straight up until my uh, 40s. 
And um, I, I, I did it with pleasure. It was an honor. And uh, now God has entrusted me with my own. And I believe that as you give your best, a lot of people I've discovered, and this is just my personal experience, they withhold their best for themselves. And they only give a portion of their gift. They only give a portion of their time. And there are very few people that, that engage 100%. And I've seen it over and over. I've looked at this. I've analyzed this. I've looked at people who give 20% of their potential or 30% of their potential. But what they do for themselves is different. When they get their own, own, they're all gung-ho. If you are employed, and I keep saying this, give 100% everything. Work as if this is your business. And watch what God will do for you. Because what you do when you're following, when people follow you, they're going to give it to you, but it's going to be in a harvest fashion. So give 100%. I, I may be faulted when I preach for maybe preaching too long or giving too much. A lot of people say, listen, your sermons are loaded. But I want to do the best that I can. When I stand behind a podium, it doesn't matter in whose church, I'm going to serve as if it's my own, as if it's my own conference, as if it's, and I, I never can give enough. And I study and I study and I study all day, all night. And, and, and a lot of times my staff say, you know this stuff like the back of your hand, why do you have to study? Because I want to outperform my, my last performance. I want to do better than I did before. And every single day, whether you own a business or whether you don't, whether you have clients and customers, what you wanna do is to exceed your yesterday's performance. And ask yourself the question, how can I say it better, write it better? How can I drive better? How can I serve better? What can I do? And that will put you in the realm of innovation. And you will always be redefining who you are. You will always be re-engineering your brand. And once you have a brand, look, people want bigger, better, brighter. That's what they want. But if you're doing the same thing over and 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 again, then people are going to be bored and they're going to go to the next person. And so you've got to be able to understand that that's what a dream is going to do. A dream is going to push you forward. It's not going to have you looking back at what you did yesterday or what you said yesterday or what car you, d you, you engineered yesterday or what building you architect yesterday or what song you did yesterday. Once the song is sung, you're going to ask God, give me a more impactful song. Once a building is builded, built, God, give me a new act. Uh, architectural um, rendition. Now they're building disappearing buildings and it's already built, it's fantastic. Now they're looking at building uh, buildings that it used to have helipads, but now they're gonna be landing these new aircrafts and they're looking at, at, at new uh, types of garages where, where they can land these new um, um, flying machines and um, uh, flying cars and flying taxis and uh, you know whatever uh, Uber is creating right now and it, it, listen once you start dreaming and your dream turns into innovation do you not know how many industries are impacted we talk about flying cars but every industry is impacted every industry
is impacted by a flying car. Every industry. And so when Joseph has this dream, he, he dreams not just about him in his industry, but how what he's doing is going to affect all of the under industries and how it's going to affect the world. And this is why you can never say that your dream is too small or, or it's not good enough. Whatever dream God has given you, whether it's a book or whether it's a breakthrough or whether it's a dream for your children. When we read uh, Genesis chapter 48 and 49, Jacob was given a dream for his grandsons and a dream for his children, and he was able to speak and release that dream. I see you as, and even if it's your children, can you imagine Einstein's mother, where the educational institution said, your son has a learning disability. That is because the educational system cannot measure innovation. It, it, it cannot measure the level of intelligence that certain people have because of learning styles. There's a teaching style, but a learning style. And just because your son and your daughter doesn't have the ability to learn like other people, it doesn't mean that they have a learning disability. Be careful about putting your children on these drugs. And, 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 and a lot of children are, are learned through movement. They don't have uh, hyperactivity and uh, these kinds of um, uh, DSM um, uh, conditions that they're trying to push drugs on. They don't need drugs. They need a field to run in. They don't need drugs. They need to be outside. They need to be exploring. They need to be with other children. Some children learn physically, kinesthetically. They're, they're never going to be a scientist. They're dancers and dancers move. Singers sing. And I talked all my life and on all of my uh, cards and all of my, um, whatever you call them, the cards that you get and all of my report cards, it says, Cindy is a good student, but she talks too much. And now people hire me to do what? Talk. And so we're, you know, we are trying to use the same testing uh, for a uh, elephant as we do a fish. It is doing our children a disservice. And where are the educators with dreams? Where are those that are designing new kinds of testing? Where are, are the educators that would dare to say the current educational system is no longer serving our children and those, the powers that be, are, don't seem like they're going to change? I'm going to start my own school. What God has given you to dream, he wants it to come to pass. So a dream prepares you for a successful future that is much greater and grander than anything that you could ever imagine. You got to dream and keep on dreaming. Number two, a dream is a heavenly pattern emanating from a spiritual dimension. And I keep saying that the spirit realm is a causal realm. Exodus 25, nine and 40 says, according to all that I showed thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it and look that thou make them after the pattern 
uh, which show which was showed thee in the mountain. And this is a conversation that God is having to Moses. Moses, you don't have to conjure it up. I'm going to give you the pattern. And so we know that a dream is a heavenly pattern that is emanating from a spiritual dimension. Number three, a dream is a prophetic mental manifestation. Joel 2.28 says, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And number three, a dream is God's plan revealed to man. A man's destiny is actually forged by his capacity and ability to dream. Dreams come from God's mind, which is like a, a, a photograph. And your mind becomes a photo album. And he turns your mind into this amazing prophetic photo album and you have to be able to put the pieces together. And this is why I say when you have a dream, begin to use your dream to um, develop your prayer points and, and your prophetic declarations so that point in the future, um, it, it's like a womb that, that holds uh, everything that you need for that dream to come to pass. When you're able to pray about it, when you're able to decree and declare, you cause those wombs to contract. And whatever is um, the resources that you need, those resources will be ready at its set time. A dream requires the use of your, of your creative faculty called imagination. And let me stop here and give you uh, a definition. So imagination leads to innovation and innovation is the ability to harness create creativity towards um, anything that will help to push humanity forward. And so when you talk about a creative person, you talk, to, talk about Albert Einstein, and this is what he said, imagination is more important than knowledge. For while knowledge defines all we currently know and understand, imagination points to all we might yet discover and create. And so imagination is tied to something in your future. And imagination gives rise to creativity. And creativity is the skill of bringing something new and valuable that does not exist to the table. Therefore, creative people do more than just break away from old patterns. They do more than find alternatives. They break things. They disrupt things. They, 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 they diverge from, from familiar patterns. And this is why the first thing that I said was that a dream is a heavenly pattern. And so this pattern makes you a divergent thinkers. There's familiar patterns patterns. There's familiar ways of doing things and they diverge from those patterns. Then they, then they converge onto new solutions. They break laws to remake them. They make hard decisions about what to include and what to eliminate. Creative people are hard to live with because they're always changing and always breaking things and people get easily frustrated. Just when you're settled in to a rhythm of something, innovative people change it, they break it, they disrupt it. And their aim is newness. And the Bible said, behold, I do new things.
things. And the Bible talks about creative person, their persons, they're, they're imaginative persons. And scripture says that whatever they have imagined to do, nothing will restrain them. And so a dream, a dream is different from a vision. A vision is given to you, um, a dream is given to you while you're asleep or in a sleep state. And it's symbolic, it's, it's given to you in a, in, a, in a symbolic form and it requires interpretation. So while you're sleeping or while you're in a certain um, zone, it requires interpretation, but a vision does not require an interpretation. So this is important. So if you're looking at your life, firstly, you've got to have, have a dream. Then the dream morphs into a vision, a vision into a strategy. A strategy morphs into goals. Goals dictated are dictated to by time frames, and then time frames determine your activities. And a lot of us are, are off our activities because we have lost our ability to dream. So you need some more time to daydream. Number the next one, a dream is a mental image of future possibilities and a preview of common attractions. It's like the movies that we see. Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Dreams are supernatural manifestations to the seriousness of something that will occur sometime in the future. So dreams literally change the landscape of your future. It literally does that. And this is what happened um, to um, Joseph in his dream. And this is Joseph, the father of Jesus. It changed the landscape of their destiny. Had he not had a dream, then Jesus would have been killed um, with Herod's um, plan for uh, um, exterminating twos and under and eliminating two-year-olds and under, but he had a dream. And it literally ch changed the landscape of Jesus' future as well as their future. The next one, dreaming gives you spiritual acuity. And when we talk about spiritual acuity, we're talking about how you hear and how you see. And so when we, 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 we understand that dreaming is a way of seeing. So seeing has to do with understanding, with the ability to connect dots through wisdom and instruction. So how you see yourself and how you see yourself in the world and in the kingdom is how you're going to be. And so we see seven different ways. Number one, we have the natural sight. Number two, understanding and insight. Number three, prophetic revelation. Number four, perspective. Um, I remember the movie Vantage Point where they interviewed people that had, had different vantage points or perspectives. And then number five, we have innovative ideas. Number six is visions, and number seven is dreams. And Paul prays in um, Ephesians that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. And so God is going to enlighten your understanding. Either he's going to give you um, uh, the, the, the natural sight to see it or understanding and insight or prophetic revelation or give you a different vantage point or these innovative ideas or visions or dreams, but he's going to give you an ability to see. Dreamers are, dreams are a way of seeing, but it's a way of seeing your future. We understand that what you uh, imagine will emerge and how you see your life unfolding, it's how it unfolds. Deuteronomy 30, 15. The Bible says, see, I have set before thee this day life and good, death 
and evil. So if you see the world filled with evil, only evil will come to you. If you see the world filled with good, good is going to come to you. It's not like evil people are going to not come by your path, but you're not going to be distracted by them. So Abraham's life, the landscape of his life changed because he separated from Lot. And here's my question. Who is blocking your vision? Who's prohibiting you from seeing? And what is blocking your vision? God said to Abraham, um, as far as you can see, and this is Genesis 13, I love this, 14 to 15. I meditated on it every season. He said, after Lot separated from him, lift up now thy eyes, use your own eyes. Don't ask people how you see my life unfolding. How do you see your life unfolding? And have the courage to, to go after it. And I've learned that when God said in, in verse number 15, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, only he could see it. Only you can use your eyes. How are you seeing your life unfolding, your business unfolding, your career unfolding? Because what is not clear to you will not be there for you. And what you cannot see coming doesn't come. And what you believe will come, comes. And what is beyond your ability to see is beyond your ability to have. And what you see determines what you seize. And what you picture determines what you capture. And what crosses your mind determines what comes into your life. And I always say your feet will never take you where your mind is not, where your mind has never been. And so a dream is your way of seeing how life is going to unfold for you. A dream is given as a glimpse into our destiny and a snapshot of images in your future from God's perspective. So how far you see determines how far you go in life. And some people can't even see past today. They can't even see past the week. Some people can't see. They can't see how life is going to be different, how things will ever change, how they will ever own their own house. They can't see how they're going to pay for a mortgage. They can't see how they're going to get enough money to put their children through college. They can't see how they would survive. They, couldn't, they can't see how they're going to break addictive cycles, how they're going to heal broken relationships, how they're going to pay bills. And, 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 and I had a dream. And you know, I grew up in abject poverty and I just want to stop here for a moment to give you my own personality. I had to see with my own eyes. And my sister tells me how she was in high school. And when you, when, when you live in abject poverty, you know, you see things differently. And she went to the counselor and said to them, I want to go to university. And the guidance counselor said, you don't have the grades to go. And um, said, you might as well just apply for a job and your math is horrible, <laughs> they went down the line. And my sister ended up going to university. Her first degree is in mathematics. Her second degree is in management and something else. And she studied at um, Tuskegee University and then she went to one of the greatest, best uh, management schools in London. But just because the guidance counselor didn't see her future success, my sister saw her future success. I'm number six of seven children. And so, you know, my mother couldn't see how she was gonna make ends meet. In fact, when I went to university, there was no money in the house. My mother couldn't even give me one penny in, in order for me to pursue my university. But I saw myself graduating. So I couldn't see it with my community's eyes. I couldn't see it with my mother's eyes. And my mother wanted the best for us and she never told us that we couldn't but there was no money in the house. 
And my mother always said, well, you can do anything you want, Cindy. And do anything I wanted, I did. There was no money in the house for me to dance, but I saw myself as a ballerina. There was no money in the house for me to bowl, to take photography. But I saw myself learning photography. There was no money in the house for me to travel. But I traveled. Why? Because I had a dream. Never limit yourself to what is. Your dream points towards unlimited possibilities and potential. And I want you to begin again to dream. The snapshot of images is what dreams are about. And God will give you a snapshot of your future and that snapshot has to be interpreted. And you can read Daniel chapter 2, 36 to 49, where um, Nebuchadnezzar had a snapshot of these major epochs. Uh, he saw a kingdom of gold, a sil kingdom of silver, a kingdom of brass, uh, of bronze, um, a kingdom of stone. He saw these kingdoms and they were snapshots and they had to be interpreted and Daniel interpreted it. And now we are still living the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And if God could use a man who wasn't a Jew, he wasn't a believer, but used his mind and harnessed his mind and his imagination in order for him to show him snapshots of future superpowers and world powers. And he saw Babylon, and then he saw the Medo-Persia, then he saw Greek, Greece, and then he saw Rome, then he saw Great Britain, and of course the toes of stone are um, United States of America, uh, the uh, United States, all the toes united as one. He saw that in his dream, and although he didn't have the interpretation, we can look back and see that God gave him a dream thousands and thousands of years that stretch. And then when you, look at jo when you look at Abraham's dream, God gave him a word that your people are going to be in bondage for 400 years and then they're going to come out. And so God could speak to an unsaved man, someone that didn't know him, and give him a dream about the unfolding of history. And if he could speak to Abraham, a man of faith, and show, show him thousands of years where his family, the Jew, Jewish nation will be power brokers, but yet show him 400 years where his sons will be held in captivity and a future generation, yet unborn to time will be held in captivity and then come out and they would, would dominate in industries. If God can speak to a person in thousands of years and 400 years, certainly God can give you a dream for the next 70 years of your life, 80 years, 100 years, however long you're going to live. Dreams help you to defy the odds. Psalm 105, 17 to 22. If it hadn't been for the dream, I believe that Joseph might have given up. So what happens is you are going to defy all the odds. And when you look at history, David defied odds against Goliath. Joseph defied the odds against his life. Esther defied the odds of ethnic cleansing. Gandhi defied the odds of British rule. Martin Luther King defied the odds over Jim Crow law, Sir Winston Churchill, uh, Albert Einstein, Viktor Frankl, they all defied the odds over Hitler's war. And if God can use these individuals as each one of them were giving a dream, um, so can you. A dream is something that sparks interest in, in mankind, Genesis 11, 3 to 5. Dreams are responsible for all of modern day inventions and innovations. So name me the greatest thinkers, <clears throat> the greatest scientists, 
and the greatest artists. Show me the greatest visionaries, the greatest leaders throughout history. They were ordinary people like me. But if you can show those people to me, I'll show you a dreamer. They had respect for dreams. And many of the people attributed their greatest success to their ability to carry their dream, to carry their dreams and vision um, into the next level. And that was into their waking world so that their dreams become a reality. And I want to end on this note and show you all the people in history that had dreams. Number one, our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, attributed the philosophy contained within the Declaration of Independence to their dream. Albert Einstein ascribed the theory of relativity to a dream he had as a young boy. Andrew Carnegie, John D. Rockefeller, Henry Ford, the men that built America, they were all dreamers. Dreams are responsible for all human progress. When you talk about Albert Einstein, you talk about the theory of, of relativity. He said he had this dream. And, he, and as a young boy, he was sledding down, this is his dream, down a steep mountainside going so fast that eventually he approached the speed of light. And he said, as at that moment, the stars in his dream changed their appearance in relation to him. He awoke and meditated on the idea, soon formulating what would become one of the most famous scientific theories in the history of mankind, the theory of relativity, and today, 100 years later, uh, science have just caught up with that dream. They have proved the theory of relativity with the black hole and the events horizon. Thomas Edison uh, credited his discovery of electricity to his dream. Colonel Harold Dickinson, not Colonel Saunders, but Carl, Colonel Harold Dickinson, he made history's biggest oil discovery, which later became the Kuwait Oil Company, based on guidance illuminated to him in his dream. Elias Howell sourced his invention of the sewing machine to his dream. Larry Page dreamt of Google. In his dream, he saw that he could download the entire web onto a computer, hence Google. Jack Nicholas had a dream of how to play golf and upped his game. Dr. James Watson dreamt of a double helix. James Cameron dreamt of the Terminator. Stephen King's dreamt of the best-selling book, Misery. Um, the, the discovery of benzene came as a result of dream. Dimitri came up with the periodic table. Christopher Nolan, he dreamt about inception and it became a blockbuster. In 1940, D.B. Parkinson saw the device he was creating and it became known as the, the artillery gun in his, in his dream. Beethoven heard his piano sonatas in dreams, which uh, featured instruments that had not yet been invented. Robert Louis Stevenson wrote Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That was a dream. The ending of Handel's Messiah 
came to him in a dream. Dr. Frederick Benting discovered insulin in a dream and he goes on to win a Nobel Peace Prize. Mary Shelley, he was, she was inspired by a dream, or should I say a nightmare, after Lord Byron challenged her to write a novel and she laid down, went to sleep, she dreamt of Frankenstein, she woke up and wrote the book. Otto Louis, um, uh, a Nobel Prize laureate, uh, says that he had a dream and he says that it was his dream that gave him the medical breakthrough. Mendeleev um, completed, we know, the periodic table. And he said he got the idea of the periodic table from a dream. Even straight down to the planet Uranus, it was discovered by William Herschel in a dream. Then you have Madam C.J. Walker. She talks of having a dream where this black man began to show her the ingredients and formula that would prevent hair loss and hair from falling out and also uh, give regrowth. And so she awakened from the dream, put the formula together, and the rest is history. She became one of America's first women of color to become a self-made millionaire. We talk, can talk about Dr. Martin Luther King. He was led by a series of dreams in the civil rights movement. Um, uh, Wagner, Beethoven, Travinsky, they heard musical compositions from fragments to entire um, uh, sonatas in their dream. Bob Dylan composed songs out of his dream. Paul McCartney, yesterday all my troubles seem so far away. Um, he praises the, the, this multi-platinum song to a dream that he had. And then listen to this, uh, President Abe Lincoln talked about a dream that he had, that he saw himself dead, and a few days later, he died. We could talk about Jeff Taylor, where he dreamt about uh, the patent for Monster.com, the movie Avatar, the Twilight series that um, Stephanie Mayers went, uh, wrote. I could go on and on about dreams. We no longer can dismiss our dreams by psychologists who say that they're just random neuron firings or meaningless fantasies. But dreams is the stuff that this world is made of. And today I challenge you, you got to dream again. God bless you. Our Father and our God, we thank you even as we have talked about dreams. The Bible said in a dream and a vision of the night when deep sleep falleth upon man and the slumberings upon our bed, then he opens the ears of man and sealest their instructions, that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. He keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. You give us dreams while we're sleeping, and some of them are daydreams. And in them you seal instructions into our spirit, so that when we awaken, those instructions that are downloaded are uploaded by the Holy Spirit into our mind, that it may be revealed to us so that we can take it seriously. And it can come to us in a stream of consciousness, in a prompting, in a thought, in an innovative, innovative idea. It can come to us as something we must do, we have to do. It can come to us in a, a, a daydream. It can come to us in um, a light bulb moment or a eureka moment. But however you give us uh, the dreams as a flesh of thought, 
I decree and declare we will take it seriously because these are the dreams that you give us that would help us to make the most appropriate decisions in our lives in any given moment. And it will help us not to make the mistakes in our judgment or a mess of our lives. Our minds never sleep, it, it never shuts off. Our mind is the belief engine. And Father, I decree and declare, even as you said, there's going to be a performance of those things that believed. Not, let us not be like the 10 brothers of Joseph because his baby brother was not alive. Let us not be ones that kick against the pricks, but let us support the dream dreamer if we are destiny enhancers, but let us also dream as dreamers to push humanity forward. Now unto him who is able to do the exceeding abundantly, it's above all we can ask or think, it's according to the power that works in us, not only the power of the Holy Spirit, but the power of the dream. For it's the dreams that we dream that change how we do life and how we live life. Let us be the agent of change we want to see because we know that it is the dreams that shape our world. God bless you. I pray that you got something out of this series. And even as we continue to push you forward and give you the tools that are necessary, so that you can have mastery within your life. One of the ways that you can master your life is to master your ability to dream. God bless you. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seers ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.